What's up, guys? Uh, Scott is out of town this weekend, um, and so you're stuck with me, and I'm stuck with a cold. Uh, and so if I say something crazy tonight, don't tell your parents because it's the drugs. I'm just kidding. I haven't taken any drugs thus far unless Ben slipped something in my Powerade earlier, which could have totally happened. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> um, so we continue our series this week um, called Like, um, about Facebook, about relationships, and just like we're doing um, on Sunday mornings at Big Church, because uh, I'll call it Big Church the rest of my life, um, just like we're doing on Sunday mornings, uh, we're going through and talking about relationships. Um, the Bible talks all about relationships, and here at Hope we say that life, period, is all about relationships. And so we're talking about relationships, and Scott opened it up two weeks ago last week, or two weeks ago, Scott opened it up, um, and he talked about uh, a relationship with God and how um, we're not called to a religion, we're not called to um, follow a bunch of rules, but we're called to have an intimate love relationship with Jesus. Um, and this week I want to pick it up, uh, and this week we are going to talk about uh, the relationships of families, um, the relationships that you have uh, with your brothers and sisters, that you have with your parents. I don't know what your guys' life was like growing up. Um, my family is super um, tight-knit. Uh, everybody in my family, uh, literally everybody, um, lived in the same place until uh, I moved when I was 19. Um, well, my brother moved first. He moved to Alabama, and then he moved out here. Uh, but my whole family, like aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa, everybody, there was like 40 of us, and everyone lived in this same small little town called Cleveland, Tennessee, um, the home of awesomeness, where Daniel's from and I'm from. Um, and Cleveland is this super little bitty city. Little, it's not even a city, it's a town. Um, and my whole family lived there. And it was, it was the weirdest thing. Like, like, I thought everybody's families all lived in the same place until I came out here. And I realized no one's families live in the same place. Because in Cleveland, everybody's families live right there together. Um, and so when me and Travis moved out here, uh, and now one of my other cousins moved out, but like still, everybody still lives there. And so like at Thanksgiving, there's like 50 people there. And like Christmas, there's like 50 people there. And so it's this huge thing. And I don't know if you guys had like weird family things that you got. Does anybody have like weird family traditions like... Anybody do that? Any, can anybody give me an example of a weird family tradition you guys do? Bella. We always have the wishbone at Thanksgiving? Uh-huh. Wishbone. Any wishbone breakers in the, in the house? Anybody ever done that? Anybody know what that is? So you have a this thing called a turkey. You have it at Thanksgiving. It's a bird. Um, it, it has this bone in it. Like, it's like a sternum kind of thing. And you break it, and whoever gets the bigger side of the bone is lucky. Where do we get this stuff? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, we always did. My, my dad loved to, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it could be classified as torture. Like, uh, my dad loved taking pictures my whole life. But he never had a nice camera. He always carried, like, 45 disposable cameras. <laughs> so he had, like, this, this bag, and there's, like, 45 disposable cameras. And so every Christmas, from the time I was born until uh, when I was home in December for Christmas, he always takes a picture of me, uh, my sister Katie, and my older brother Travis um, um, standing in front of the Christmas tree. And it's always one of those miserable pictures where Travis is like, Dad, seriously, we don't want to do this. And Katie's like, ah. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> and like every year, that's the thing. And then when, when we lived in Tennessee, every year at Easter, Dad would all, <laughs> this is like so terrible. Like Dad would always take a picture of us right in front of the house. And we have these two little steps, and we always had to do this. <laughs> it's like, Dad, this is the stupidest pose ever. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Um, and like to this day, I've never seen one of those pictures. 
because there's like a disposable camera shoved in the house somewhere that's not been developed yet. So he has these 75,000 disposable cameras. We always say like when dad dies, we're just going to burn every disposable camera in the house. Yeah, that is pretty bad, isn't it? (laughs) Never mind. We're going to keep them all. But it's going to cost us like $20,000 to get all the film developed because he's just got all these little... (laughs) Okay, let me get another one. Like, Dad, you realize they make, you make digital cameras now that you can take it and look at it, right? You, you know that's there? But no, Walgreens, disposable cameras. Seriously, Dad. And then you got the ones that could zoom. You ever seen the ones that could zoom? Like, like you just slide a thing back and forth? So crappy. But Dad loves them. Bless his heart. So tonight, I don't know if you guys have some weird things that your parents do like that or get on your nerves like that. But tonight I want to talk about, <coughs> excuse me the relationships that we have with our parents. Um, the Bible speaks a lot about this. Uh, and, and before, if you have your Bibles tonight, if you don't have your Bibles, bring your Bibles, you need them. Um, if you have your Bibles tonight, go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Um, that's in the Old Testament. It's like the second book, and then chapter 20 in the second book of the Bible. Um, and we're going to talk tonight about probably the most famous passage relating to children and their parents. Um, it's, it's in the Old Testament. It's, it's one of the Ten Commandments. And, and what's kind of weird to me or what I find kind of ironic is that two weeks ago, Scott talked all about that Christianity isn't about rules. Um, but this week, we're talking about ten rules. Um, it, but, but it puts a totally different spin on it when you think about it, when you start thinking about it differently. Two, three years ago, um, 2008, we went through a series at Hope in Big Church um, called Written in Stone, where we just walked through the Ten Commandments and what they said. And here's, here's the statement that we kind of gave that I feel like makes a lot of sense and totally takes what Scott said and what I say and totally marries it what I'm going to say, uh, and marries them together. I want you to write this down. Um, And this is about the Ten Commandments. So everything we talk about tonight process through this statement. God's laws were not given to earn a relationship. They were given that we might enjoy a relationship. Ugh. It's not spit. Um, You know that part of your gum where it just like turns to like, debris in your mouth that just happened to me um so ben it's on your thing if you want it later um read that for you one more time god's laws were not given to earn a relationship they were given that we might enjoy a relationship here's kind of the point scott said it's not about do's and don'ts it's not about this religion it's about a relationship with jesus the ten commandments this list of rules that god gives us it's not like if we if we get all these things we're good. It's not like if we can check these 10 questions, check these 10 rules off our list, that God's like, okay, now I love you. Here's what it is. It's God saying, hey, if you obey these 10 things, if you follow these 10 rules, then you'll enjoy your relationships you have with me. It won't be something that, that, that's, that's taxing on you all the time. It's a, love, if it's a love relationship with Jesus, and then out of that relationship that we have with Christ, we just start to follow these things naturally. And we have these rules that we might further enjoy a relationship. It's kind of like guardrails on the road, right? If you're driving down the 15 and there wasn't those rails, say you're, say you're texting and then somebody ever, you know those things right there on the side that like freak you out when you're asleep? I mean texting. Um, so you're on the 15 and you hit those things and they wake you up. It's kind of like those things. Those things aren't meant to scare you. They're meant to keep you on the road or wake you up or keep you from texting so that you can stay straight. It's kind of like football pads. Anybody everybody familiar with football pads? You know, like the guys that put on the helmets and the shoulder pads. Um, say I'm not wearing those. 
And I come around the corner, and I'm holding the ball, and Miles is coming right at me. And he just like, done. Like, ball game. Somebody call the, call the hearse, get the box, put me six feet in the ground. But luckily, if I'm wearing football pads, I mean, he's still going to catow me, like, end all. And I'm, I might be out of the game, but at least at some point, someday, I can walk again. Like, the Ten Commandments are these rules that protect you from miles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Ten Commandments are these rules that help you enjoy your relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Say, yep. Okay, that's what I thought. <coughs> so here's, here's what I'm going to do. I want to read for you this, this verse. And we're, we're not going to cover all Ten Commandments. We're just going to cover one. Um, it is in chapter 20 and verse 12. And here's what it says. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God will give to you. Read that again. Honor your father and mother. Some translations say children honor your father and mother, but but either way, the subject's you, and so you honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long life in the land the Lord your God will give to you. Here's the thing, before, before we jump into what all this means, I want to give you some background on, on who he's talking to, who's receiving these commandments. Because I feel like sometimes we think about like, um, and not that the people in the Bible were different than us, they're normal people just like us, but their life circumstances are very different. I mean, I, I think about when they heard these Ten Commandments, they were just like us. They're sitting at refuge, or they're sitting at big church, um, and they're going home to their house where their brothers and sisters live in separate rooms or the same rooms with bunk beds, and you have like the fireplace with a picture of your whole family above the fireplace. You know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? I feel like they're going home and they're getting that kind of stuff. That's not the case at all. They're in a totally different culture, a totally different civilization than we are. At the time, right before they get this stuff. So all they would have known for hundreds of years is slavery. These people have just come out of being Egyptian slaves. And so just like any other slaves, like you've read about um, in in African-American history, like them coming to be slaves here, um, they're taken and the mother and the father are split up. Or the mother has a baby and they take the baby and they sell the baby. Um, And so families mean nothing at this point. Um, And and so God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to value. I want you to honor your father and your mother. And these people are saying, what are you talking about? I've never met my dad. What are you talking about? I have no idea who my real parents are. What do you mean? We're just split up. We're nothing more than workers. This means nothing to us. And God says, no, 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 no. I know right now it means nothing, but I want it to mean something huge in your life. And then the second thing he he goes on to say is that if you do this, you'll live long in the land I'm going to give you. Right now, they're they're wandering in the desert. They have no home. And they're like, okay, God, so love these people that I don't know, and and I'll be happy, and I'll live a long time in the land that you're going to give me? This means nothing to them. And so... It comes, and it's so crazy because God takes what we would think would be normal, and he speaks it into a culture that has no idea what it's supposed to mean. I feel like that's crazy to me. Um, and God, God says, listen, you don't know anything about this now, but I'm going to teach you something very valuable, and it's going to alter the course of history. So as we jump into that, honor your father and mother, and your days will live long, or you will live long in the land that I'm going to give you. So what does this word honor mean? I feel like a lot of times we, we equate this word honor with, with respect. I mean, respect your parents or, or love your parents or, or obey your parents. This word honor, it doesn't mean any, 
any one of those. Here's what the word honor means. In the Hebrew text, what we're reading here, the Bible wasn't written in English. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, it wasn't written in English. Uh, it was written in a language called Hebrew. Uh, the Old Testament was. New Testament was written in Greek. And so if we look at the words in Hebrew, it, it, it kind of, it's a little bit different. Um, and so this word honor in the Hebrew text, here's what it means. Two meanings, or two, to compound meaning. Um, the first The first part means weightiness or heaviness. Does that make sense? Weightiness or heaviness. Now, in, in the, and then the second part, we'll, we'll touch on that and then come back. Um, the second part means to attach value, to attach this weightiness, this heaviness, to attach that to a unit or entity, unit or entity, something or someone. And so right when they, that doesn't mean much to us. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that doesn't mean much, but to them, it would have meant everything because to them, money was equated with weight. And so if I had a dollar, it wouldn't be, hey, this has George Washington on it and it has a one sign on it, or this has Benjamin Franklin on it and it has a hundred sign on it. They would have equated that with, okay, it weighs this much. It's this valuable. So what is he saying here? Attach value to something. So here's what he's basically saying. Value, attach value, attach heaviness, attach Weightiness, attach value to your father and mother. That changes everything. We think it means just respect, but it goes way beyond that. Here, here, here's what, here, here's, this is, this, this kind of like blew my mind for a second. Respect is something that's earned, right? You earn my respect by what you do. But honor here, it's not earned, it's commanded. God commands us to honor our father and mother. He doesn't say, if your father and mother, if you believe they're worth it, honor them. No, no, no. He says, honor them because I commanded you to. This word honor, this same word here, is used in Proverbs chapter three. And it's the exact same word, but it's talking about how you honor the Lord. And so God talks about the highest level of honor. And he says, that, that's how you're supposed to honor your father and mother. But I feel like the thing for me is, you might be sitting out there, and Micah, seriously, I'll honor my father and mother but you don't understand. Like, you don't know my mom and dad. Like, you don't know my family. My family, like, puts, puts the fun in dysfunctional. Like, my family, dysfunctional, capital D. Like, we're jacked. We are messed up. Well, here's the deal. If we take just this much of the Bible, the first book, and then 20 chapters in the second book, if we take just the first book and a half of the Bible, not, not talking about all this, we could tell 50 stories. I'm just going to tell three. First, first people in the Bible, Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve have two sons. What are their names? Cain and Abel. Great job. Um, so you went to Bible school. Cain and Abel. So one day they're hanging out, right? Um, they're playing Ultimate Frisbee or they're playing Xbox. <gasps> Call your friends. Tell them to come to Refuge next week. Um, <laughs> they're, they're playing Connect and, you know, they're, they're doing the jerk uh, or whatever they're doing. Um, and, and Abel obviously does something that just sends Cain over the edge. Right there, Abel kills, or Cain kills Abel. Right there. I don't know if anybody in the room has ever killed their brother or sister, um, but in my book, that puts it right, really high up there on the dysfunctional chart. Kill, kill your brother or sister. Yeah, dysfunctional. Um, there, there's another story, just a few chapters over. Um, it's two more brothers. Lots of crazy brothers in the Bible. Um, Jacob and Esau. Um, Esau was the firstborn in his family. And so he inherited all the birthright. He inherited all the blessing. It would be like if he got all the inheritance, if he got the best of the best from his father. 
But the deal is, um, Esau's mom was crazy. Uh, and she loved her other son, Jacob, way more than she loved Esau. It's not just like, Mom, you love him more. No, it's like, seriously, she loved him a lot more. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, here's how much she loved him. She dressed Jacob up as Esau. The dad was blind, and he was in his bed. Um, he was about to die. And so the mom dresses Jacob up as Esau, sends him in the room, and says, Okay, Dad, now give me uh, my blessing that I'm due, thinking that it's, the dad thinks it's Esau. And the mom talks the dad into blessing one kid, and by blessing one kid, he pretty much curses the other kid. That's a big deal. Like, like big, I don't know if your mom has like ever like just straight up hardcore lied to your dad so that your dad gives all your brother's stuff to you. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, one more story. A guy named Noah. Anybody know about Noah? Had a, he had a boat. Actually, had an ark. I don't know what the technical difference is between boats, boats and arks. And that's Scott. He's probably smarter. Um, so Noah has an ark. Um, God saves Noah's family. He floods the whole earth, but God saves Noah's family. Um, for 40 days and 40 nights, God floods the earth. The first thing Noah does once the boat lands, first thing, and he does, he gets drunk and passes out naked. <laughs> they never tell you that in the little kid Bible story. Um, but seriously, that, that's what happens. Like, <laughs> like, what? That's pretty dysfunctional. I don't know if your dad goes on 40-day cruises and then shows up back at the house uh, naked and drunk, and then his kids had to go, find him and cover him up, that's, that's pretty dysfunctional. Um, so I don't know where, where your family falls in that list, but, but uh, I mean, even if, even if, I mean, nobody can do all three, um, but if you can do one, then, then you match up pretty well with people that God used like crazy in the Bible. Like God uses all of these people like crazy in the Bible, and they're way dysfunctional, just like you and just, shh, just like you and just like me. So God can use all of us. Here's, <coughs> excuse me, um, here's what I think about, like five more things and then we're done. Um, we believe a couple of lies that take us away from valuing our parents, from honoring our parents, from, from ascribing weight and heaviness and value to our parents. Hear those things. Some of us say, do my parents are old school. Anybody ever thought that? Ever thought, nobody's ever thought that. Do my parents have stupid rules? You ever thought that? Do I hate my parents. Don't worry, your parents aren't in the room. There's no cameras in here. You can raise your hands in confidence. I, I've thought that like crazy. I mean, don't like be like, hey, mom, you stupid rules. <laughs> I remember one time uh, I told my mom I hated her. Oh, she, here's, <laughs> she, she gave my pet duck away. <laughs> and I told her I hated her. <laughs> what? What? I'm going to put that on Twitter later. Wow. Yeah, who has a pet duck? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, if your mom gives your pet duck away, don't tell her you hate her because she will not be pleased. So sometimes we feel like our parents give our ducks away. Um, sometimes we feel like our parents' rules are old school. Um, I've talked to people in this room um, who say, dude, you don't understand what my, what my girlfriend's dad says about this. And he won't let us do this or this or this or this or this. And you're like, dude, why can't you just be, why can't you just be cool with it? I'm a nice guy. Why can't you just be cool with it? Or, or I've talked to people who said, dude, like, dude, everybody at prom is going and doing this. And my parents are like, you have to be home by this time. Dude, some people aren't even going home after prom. But my parents are saying this and this and this and this and this. So they're like, dude, my parents uh, ask me where I spend my money. Or my parents won't let me go 
spend the night at people's house on school nights, or my parents want me to do this or this, or my parents say I have to go to church every Sunday, or my parents, whatever. Insert your stupid rule, alleged stupid rule, that your parents say. Here's the deal. Anybody anybody know what fog is? We don't have any here because it never rains. Uh, Fog is like when clouds sit on the ground. Um, Basically, basically, put it on Facebook. Um, Clouds are sitting on the ground. um, And where I'm from in Tennessee, there's lots of curvy roads and there's lots of fog. Here's what you know when there's lots of fog and it's a curvy road. It's pretty scary to drive down the road for the first time. Here's what your parents are. Your parents are fog lights. Your parents are people that have driven down that road before. And so where you're just thinking, man, this is so stupid. Man, why don't they let me do this? Man, this is ridiculous. Your parents are saying, no, no, I see that turn up ahead that you don't see. Your parents are saying, you only see one side of the coin, but I see the other side. Your parents are saying, all you see is that decision right there, but I see what that decision leads to. Here's here's what I know. All of your parents have been 12 to 18. None of you have been older than that. Your parents have been where you are right now, but you've never been where they are. Here's what I know. Your parents care about you like crazy. And what your parents have to say is so valuable. And so where we might think it's stupid, or we might think it's ridiculous for them to do all these kind of rules. And we might think it's so old school. Your parents are really so much wiser than you because they've experienced so much more than you have. Second lie I think we believe about our parents. I would have never, I don't know if it's a lie. Yeah. I would have never picked the parents that I've got. Have ever felt like that? I know I felt like that. God, if I could pick my parents, I would not pick these parents. Right? Well, here's the deal. You're right. You didn't pick your parents. And maybe you wouldn't have picked your parents. But guess who did? God. You had no say in the matter whatsoever. Not one say. You didn't get to pick anything, where you were born, what you looked like, who your parents were. God picked all that. Imagine you had all the wisdom in the world. Imagine you were the best at everything in the world. You were the smartest. Um, you were the coolest. You had everything. You, had, you were super rich. God's like that times a billion. And with all the wisdom in the world and beyond the world, God picked the family that you're in. And God picked the parents that you have. And I think sometimes we think, for, for, for us of us that have awesome parents, that, that have great parents, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, I can understand. Sometimes they may be mad. But, but I feel like it's really hard for us to get around this. Like, the whole talk you might have been fighting with, Micah, but you don't know my parents. They're, they're not good parents. My parents don't love Jesus. My parents don't make great decisions, and, and they don't help me out a lot. Um, my parents really, really seem like they don't care most of the time. Well, here's the deal. God picked your parents. Not only that they would influence you, but also that you would influence them. What if we could look back in 15 or 20 years and see your parents right now, some of your parents that don't know God or that might be far from a relationship with God and because of your influence, because of you loving and following Jesus, 
your parents could start to love and follow Jesus too. That totally puts a spin on it. So in closing, three ways that we can honor, that we can value our parents. (coughs) Excuse me. The first way is to love Jesus. Tonight, everybody, as they leave, is getting one of these. Like Mark talked about. Own your own. Own your own faith, like Scott said a couple weeks ago. And inside is this thing right here. It's a one-two-one. And this one-two-one, um, it walks us through the book of Ephesians. This, this passage that I read tonight, it's also quoted in Ephesians. Talking about families, talking about children and respecting and obeying and honoring your parents. And then after, it gives you a reading guide of every day until the book's finished. And then you just read a couple verses, and then it asks you three questions. And here's what you do. You wake up every, excuse me, (coughs) you wake up every morning and you spend time with Jesus. And the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more Jesus can love through you. Because honestly, loving my brother is hard sometimes. Loving my sister is hard sometimes. Loving my mom and my dad is very difficult sometimes. But as Jesus lives inside of me, he can do things in me and through me that I never thought possible. And he wants to do the exact same thing in you. Number two, second way you can honor your parents, value their words. Like I said earlier, this, this word honor equates to, to weight, equates to value. We can honor what our parents say. Even when we think it's ridiculous, even when we think it doesn't make any sense, we can honor what our parents say. Because here, here's, here's the deal. When something's valuable, you take care of it, Right? Like my debit card, it's valuable. Why? Because it's linked to my bank account. I mean, it's not that valuable because my bank account's not that big, but it's pretty valuable. You know, I can't get in and out very good without my debit card, right? I mean, if I had cash, but kind of same thing. Um, I don't just leave my debit card hanging out. I don't leave my car keys just hanging out. I don't leave my iPhone just hanging out. Why? Because those things are valuable to me. And because they're valuable, I want to protect them. I want to, I want to value them. Second thing about value, you seek after value. Anybody know what was going on in California in 1848? Whoa, look at you guys. California, 1848, the gold rush starts. People come from all over the country and literally all over the world. Why? Because there's this golden, shiny rock in the ground that's crazy valuable. Things that are valuable, one, we protect, and two, we seek out. Your parents' words, they're very valuable. Even if you don't think so. Your parents' words are very valuable. So one, you need to protect them. And two, you need to seek them out. The further I get from from living at my parents' home, um, the older I get, the more more I talk to my parents about big decisions in my life. I I was like many of you guys. Dude, Dad, you're dumb. Dad, why can't I go to Logan's house tonight? Um, Dad, why can't I do this? Or uh, why do we have to go to this place? Dad, why all this kind of stuff? Same excuses, same things that you guys say. I said those things. But the further I get away, the more I see that my parents really cared about me, more than I could ever know. The more that I see my parents spent so much time praying for me and loving me when I did the stupidest stuff in the world. So because I see those things now, and you guys don't have to wait. You guys can do, start doing this now. Because I see the value, I protect their words, and I try to honor them as much as possible. Third thing, and we'll be finished. Third way we can honor our parents is serve them. In fact, as kids, a lot of times we, we get in this mindset of, okay, I'm the kid, you should serve me. 
okay, mom, uh, you made dinner. Now put it on my plate. And now put my plate in front of me. And by the way, I'm going to eat in front of the TV. And I got this fork in my hand. I had to hold my plate. So can you change the channel? This is a really boring show. Right? Uh, mom, I'm out of drink. Mom, I don't know if you noticed that my cup's dry. And you're not getting a tip after this. Right? Sometimes we get in this mindset where it's like, Mom, Dad, serve me. Take me here. Now here. Now here, now here, now here. Uh, and buy me this commodity. I don't know, toy? Uh, basically, big kid, little kid toy. They're still toys. Buy me this thing. Um, let me go here. Give me your money. <laughs> you know, basically is what you're saying. <coughs> and we forget that, we're, that we need to serve our parents. How do we do that? By saying, hey, mom, you hang out tonight. We'll go get payway. <laughs> we won't try to cook it because that would be bad. And then we catch the house on fire and then that would be bad. So, mom, we'll get payway, and you hang out, and we'll change the channels. Um, or, hey, mom, you don't have to ask me 15 times. I'm just going to clean my room. Or, hey, I'm going to do this. Or, I'm not going to order the most expensive thing on the menu tonight. I'm just going to order, like, chicken fingers. You know you do that. Every time I go home, I'm going to be like, God, what's the most expensive thing here? Oh, dang it. I probably shouldn't do that. Um, look for ways that we can serve our parents. Here, here's what honor says. I defer. When looking at needs... Your needs are greater than mine. And we defer to them. Saying, I really value you. I really honor you. I want you to be first. And through basic, everyday things, I don't have to give you a list. You know how you could serve your parents. But we look for opportunities to serve our parents, not because we want something, but just because it's the right thing to do. Just because God says to honor our parents. And by doing very simple things, we can have huge impact. God's given you parents, and he's picked your parents. Whether you think the right ones or not, God picked them. And what they say is so valuable. And they really, really care about you. And they want what's best for you. And the Bible says that we need to honor, value our parents. Let me pray for us. God, we say thank you for tonight. Um, God, as hard as it might be for some of us, we say thank you for our parents. Um, God, I don't know how tonight lands on people all over the room. But God, I pray that we could all connect with it in some way. God, I thank you for the parents in this room. And God, how they love us. God, how they provide for us, how they care about us. And God, I pray um, as we just have a moment right now to respond, a moment right now to, to sing, God, a moment right now to think, God, that you would help these words to invade our hearts and change our lives. Guess what's going to happen right now? Ben's going to sing a song. The band's going to lead us. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know if you need to be thinking about how you need to go apologize to your parents. I don't know if that means you need to, to sit and pray and ask God to help you love him so that through him you can love your parents. I don't know if that means you need to stand up and sing. Tonight, there's a ton of different ways that you can respond to Jesus. And so as the band plays... As we sing, maybe you need to sit, maybe you can stand. But tonight, let's just respond to God and what He's saying to us all over the room.